1: Tracy one of our favorite things to do is to read the emails and letters from our listeners that describe how we can come alongside them in prayer and sometimes how we get to be an input into their marriage it's such an honor so anytime you listen to one of our broadcasts and you want to know more boy we always encourage you to go to our website VowsToKeep.com, and drop us a note if you listen to our broadcasts on a recurring basis you know that we typically do invite listeners to ask questions of our ministry Now, our ministry actually serves marriages all across the state of Ohio, into Michigan and Indiana, and really all across the world through our podcast. By reaching couples through counseling, through marriage events, through connections with local churches, or through one of the 13 radio station signals that you might be listening to this very week, not to mention, of course, our website where you can also hear our broadcast. God's message to marriage reaches thousands of people every week. In fact, last month, our website had over 6,700 unique visitors seeking God's counsel for their marriage. That's so exciting. And And I don't mean this like, yay, our website's growing. That's not what I mean. That's exciting because people have a hunger to see God's word used in their marriages. Today, we want to be very intentional to tackle four questions that frequently come up in conversations that we have with our listeners. If we don't fully address a particular situation in your marriage, we do hope that this does at very least begin a conversation between you and your spouse on the topic. Or if you need more support from us, by all means, feel free to reach out. We want you to have the hope to make changes. So let's go ahead and get started with our first question. And this is a big one that comes from many women. and, And that question is this, basically, my husband won't spiritually lead. What do I do?
2: many women do have to answer this pressing question, David. This is really common. So let's find out together what God's Word says about this. That's where we need to turn to for truth on this topic, not the 100,000 plus results that we get on Google when we type this in, right? A woman says, I have tried to get my husband to be a spiritual leader, but he won't. So what should I do? When your man is not fulfilling his God-given role to love and lead you and your family, there are two things that need to be considered. Number one, what is your role as his wife? And number two, what is his role as the husband? You may know exactly what the answer to that second question is, what his role should be, and all the ins and outs of how he's actually not really doing it correctly right now. He could probably fill up an entire notebook page of things that he's doing wrong in the spiritual leadership category. I think what many men and women miss And this very important question is, what happens in the absence of a husband's leadership? That is a gap that doesn't remain open for very long. Typically, a wife is going to step into that gap and try to keep things holding together. That's her natural reaction. When your husband doesn't lead, let me ask you this. Do you add to your duties or is there another option? Consideration number one, let's wrap our brains and our hearts around understanding Our own role as wives ladies without clouding our hearts with what our husband is or is not doing because that's basically sitting in judgment of his performance and that's going to definitely affect your choices and your interactions with him if that's been you if you've been sitting in judgment you've been adding to your own duties let's take a moment to get right before the lord on this issue god we come before you we humbly ask you right now to open up our hearts to teach us how to be a wife to the man that you have given us, despite his strengths and weaknesses. In God's word, girls, there are four specific things that we are called to do as wives. We are called to help in Genesis 2.18. We are called to love in Titus 2.4. We are called to respect in Ephesians 5.33. And we are called to submit Colossians 3 and Ephesians five. Let me repeat those. In God's word, there are four specific things that we are called to as wives. Help, love, respect, and submit. Yes, we are talking about your husband's leadership right now, but we've got to get our own roles right first. But don't worry your pretty little head. David's going to be talking to men about their role in marriage in just a few minutes here. Help, love, respect, submit. These are things that God has not only called us to do, He actually has created us to do them. No one is perfect. No one on earth is going to hit the mark on each of these qualities every single time. But when a wife puts these things into practice habitually in her marriage, she's going to find amazing things happen. A wife's personal adherence to walk in her God-given roles invites her husband to love and lead while building his confidence to do so. Let me repeat that. A wife's personal adherence to walk in her God-given roles invites her husband to love and lead with confidence. Okay, so we're recognizing God's word as truth. We're beginning or continuing to walk in the roles he's given us. But Lord, this guy you have given me is not holding up his end of the deal. Lord, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but a little help over here. We tend to sort of panic if our husbands either, A, don't understand what God is calling them to, or B, if he knows full well what his role is and he's just not doing it. So let's look at consideration number two here today. God has called and created your husband to be the servant leader that Jesus modeled for him to be. When he is either not serving or leading, our panic incites us to take the wheel of that situation. This seems like the correct choice in the immediate because our reasoning tells us this is exactly what we need to do because he certainly isn't doing it and things are getting out of control here. But two crazy things happen when you step into your husband's calling as leader. What happens when you start to lead? You immediately stop doing all four of your God given roles, and your husband cannot do his. When you step in as the leader in your husband's place, you no longer help, love, respect, or submit to your husband, and your husband cannot lead. It's actually kind of ironic. Here we are practically begging our husbands to love and lead us. We nag them. We coerce them. We ignore them. We ask God to change them. But then the guy takes a chance and he tries to lead. And guess what happens? He gets shot down like a goose at Thanksgiving. This can become a lifelong pattern that leads to isolation rather than oneness. Because what guy is going to want to try to do that again if he's just going to get shot down? Which path are you walking today? It is a great thing to desire for your husband to be the servant leader in your home. You should want that. That means you know God's word and you trust its outcome for your marriage. But don't play God here. He is sovereign. He is faithful. And he has great plans for your relationship. Even if it seems a little bit hopeless right now. His plans are so much better than anything we could formulate on our own. It's time to focus on what God has called us to do, ladies, to get our eyes off of what our spouse isn't doing and onto our faithful God and the path that he's laid out for us. It's time to step out in faith with a heart attitude of faithfulness to God first and your husband second. Faithful, steadfast commitment is the heart of God's love for us and the heart of of marriage okay before we go on to the next question a little bit of a pop quiz here what are your four God-given roles can you name a couple of them right now help love respect and submit submitting to your spouse is probably the most powerful tool you have to helping your husband be the leader God has called him to be let's dig into submission for just a minute here looking at God's plan for submission As wives, the most familiar verse we have for this is Ephesians 5, 21 through 24. It says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, God's word says, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Submission is something that all Christians are called to we see here in this verse out of reverence for Christ but i love that god didn't ask us to do something that he himself didn't model first for us just before this passage on marriage paul urges us in this same chapter verse 1 to follow god's example he says and live a life of love just as christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to god you can see in this verse that Christ first submitted to God, and we are to follow his example. Ladies, as we submit to our husbands, we are saying, God, I recognize the created order that you set up in marriage, and I admit that your ways are higher than my ways. I submit to you, God. Today, we've talked a lot about submitting and the key role that that plays in your husband actually fulfilling his role As spiritual leader, but before we get to the next question on today's Q&A, addressing husbands in their role to love and lead their families, let's talk a little bit about those other three roles that we girls have. Respect, love, and help. I don't think it's any coincidence that God asks us ladies to respect and submit to our spouses in the exact same Passage. That's not a mistake. I think God was being very intentional here, tying those two things together because if you don't respect your husband, you are going to have a very hard time submitting to him. Let's look at Proverbs 31 for just a minute that talks about a wife who respects her husband and she reaps the blessings for it. Verse 10 of Proverbs 31 says that she is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days. Of her life. Now, I can't see your face right now, but maybe I can figure out what you're thinking. How can I respect my husband when he is not respectable? There is an answer to that, so hang on here with me for just another minute. You can be a wife who greatly enriches her husband's life, not by giving him respect based on his actions, but based upon who he is as God's loved creation. His actions may certainly be completely unworthy of your respect. But in God's wisdom and power and His perspective, you can begin to view your husband differently than you have in the past. And respect really goes hand in hand with how we view someone. Grace is about to play a huge part in your life if you will let it. I'm going to assume that your husband is a Christian if you're looking for him to be the spiritual leader of your house. If he's not a Christian, then pray for him daily that he would accept Christ as his Savior. But based upon my first assumption, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16-19. through 19. It says, We have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And verse 18 says, All this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. As you look at verses like this and you realize that God has called you to see your spouse as a new creation in Christ, to see yourself as having received that very same grace, all of a sudden it's easy to stop silently asking your spouse to perform for you, and you start helping him to grow in Christ. It's grace at work in your home, and that's gonna produce respect. If you are basing your respect for your spouse upon his performance, you're going to be sorely disappointed because he is never gonna meet your standards, ever. But God has already met the standard for him in Christ Jesus, and now you get the privilege and honor of walking beside him as his helpmate. God created you for such a role as this. We see that in Genesis two eighteen. God created you to be his companion his helper, his friend, and every single day when your husband is falling short, God has called you to come alongside him with gentleness, wisdom, and godliness, helping him to be more and more like Christ. And then the last one here, love. Specifically as a wife, you are called to love your husband. We see that in God's word, places like Titus two four. But love for your husband is not just found in this one passage. There's a theme If you look from Genesis to Revelation, we see God's love for us. And as we read and we live out the great commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves and to let Christ's love control us, to compel us, then we are going to be fulfilling God's role for us. Let's finish this question today by reading the last portion of Proverbs 31, starting in verse 26. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. He says there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you, honey, you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Praying for your husband to grow in his roles and embracing your roles with faithfulness is going to temper your discontentment. While at the same time expressing your faithfulness to your husband, and that's going to reinforce his need to take the lead. It's important to remember not to try to change your husband because doing so sends the wrong message and it puts the dependence on yourself rather than God, and it makes your husband feel as though he has to perform. God can take what seems impossible to us, something that we've tried everything we can think of to change. And he can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think. Philippians 2.13 reads, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. As your husband's helpmate today, respect him, support him, support his efforts, be his encourager, and even look for ways to make his responsibilities easier. And as you help, love, respect, and submit, you are going to give him confidence To love and lead, and that's going to take away his fears. And finally, pray for him and with him, always looking for ways to remind him of both your faithfulness and God's faithfulness. And that leads us, David, into the second really common question we have from listeners.
1: It sure does. These are so related to each other. Uh, It's very common when we're at an event to have a husband step aside with me and say, Listen, I really want to be the spiritual leader that my wife desires. But you know what? My wife is unwilling to follow me. Listen, David, my wife is the one who's wearing the pants in our house. You know, when it comes to decisions about our finances, when it comes to decisions about my career, her career, our kids, their schooling, she's the one who's driving every decision in our house. And I want to lead. I don't know how. I don't know how to do so in a way though, where my wife would actually be willing to follow, where she would be willing to lay down what she feels is her need to lead. And it's so awesome to hear this question because most of the time when I hear it, there's actually an undertone of pursuit there. There is an honorable embrace in the question that actually the person who's asking it really aspires to be the spiritual leader in their home if this is you, you're longing to embrace this role in your marriage, and you're really bearing witness that God's plan for marriage is better than any other pattern or promise that the culture puts out there for marriage in our roles. So let's get down to it. Effective headship practiced in the pattern God intends will draw your wife willingly into your secure leadership. Let me say that again. Effective headship practiced in the pattern that God intends will draw your wife willingly into your secure leadership. Did you hear that? Did you understand what I mean? You need to know that today that God provides instruction for the gift of headship. He's not left you in the dark. But here's the rub. Are you adhering to it? Or are you excusing your lack of adherence to Jesus' teaching? Luke 6, I'm going to pick up in verse 46. Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord? but not do as I say. He goes on to encourage his listeners to build their house on the rock and not on shifting sand. In fact, Jesus' question should stop us in our tracks. It should cause you to check your heart. Here's the real question. Are we leading like we think we should? Or are we leading like Christ has called you to lead? You see, nowhere does scripture tell a husband that he must make his wife submit. Instead, it instructs him To use his authority to express love. And no matter what happens, no matter how she treats you, no matter how she tries to lead when she maybe shouldn't be, that love cannot stop. So many men miss this because they think to themselves, as they withdraw that love, they're going to reassert their authority in the situation. Instead, the opposite thing happens. You see, God commands us to give love unconditionally because he is inherently put his power in that process and that's a leadership that your wife will want to fall under headship works effectively only when a husband seeks to be a humble servant like christ putting aside all of his selfish ambitions jesus puts it another way in mark 10 this is in verse 43 whoever wants to be great must be a servant whoever wants to be first must be last This teaching is opposite of what the world thinks about leadership. It's opposite of what many dads taught their kids about what it meant to lead in a marriage. In the world, the word leader implies superiority. It it implies power and rule. In scripture, the word for leader is most frequently used in the context of a servant. Here's some awesome examples from the Bible. God addresses Moses not as a leader, but as, quote, Moses, my servant. Paul advocated the same idea. He said, serve one another humbly in love in Galatians 5. And of course, Jesus teaches us the same thing in John 13 as he's washing the disciples' feet. Many of us think of a servant being the least of men, someone to pity, someone to make demands of, someone who's scorned. But pair the word servant with the word leader and not only in the same sentence, but right next to each other. And you, my friends, get a beautiful thing. You get a thing like Christ. A husband who is a servant leader is just like that. He is literally irresistible to his wife. That's because a servant leader lays down his life. He lays down his preferences. He lays down his agenda for those that he loves. And the position of humility and humble service, that's a delicious thing to most wives. This next passage is from Paul in Ephesians 5. I'm going to start in verse 25. So it's a little bit familiar, but we often miss the instruction don't tune out. God wouldn't have put this in His Word if He didn't intend on us reading it often and putting it into good use in your marriage as husbands. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. The model that God gives us here is His servant, leader, son, Jesus Christ. Jesus loves that church no matter what it's going to cost Him. Jesus gave Himself up, life included. C.S. Lewis is a great author. He's becoming one of my favorite authors. He writes that a husband's headship is expressed in taking the position of the cross. It's not doing what he prefers, but more like the crucifixion, where the wife receives the most even if she gives the least. Christ did not love the church first because she was grateful, because she had loving respect. No, it was a loving response of obedience. He just simply loved her first. And through that love, he drew her to himself. He led the way to the Father by serving with his very life. Give sacrificial love a try. Go read Ephesians five twenty-three through thirty-three and live in that kind of understanding and gentleness. that you find when you read First Peter three seven? You see, this is the kind of faithful leadership that gives our wives exactly what they yearn for. And you know what?
0: It is hard to resist. Like what you heard today on Vows to Keep Radio. Listen to more life-changing broadcasts at vows2keep.com.
1: Spiritual leadership starts by being led by God yourself, so you're certain of your steps. The contrast to that is leaders who follow their own intuition. They're the people who are uneducated about God's direction in the Bible. They tend to be people who blow around in the wind because the only thing they can be rigid about is their own design for life. Guess what, it's destined to fail. And a man who fails frequently because he's following in his own footsteps is a man who never receives the respect of his wife. In order to lead spiritually, you've got to examine all facets of your marriage and learn to lead by following God's headship. And I'm not saying the husband needs to be in control of everything, but I am saying that to be an effective leader, you need to know how to guide your wife. You need to know how to receive her input. God makes you responsible for that ultimate course of your family. In closing, this looks like leading your wife in prayer. It looks like loving your wife through things that she's done wrong. It looks like receiving her constructive criticism when you've done something wrong. What this means, men, is you need to learn to step up when it comes to being a parent, using effective discipline with your kids, knowing and understanding their needs above their felt needs. You need to learn to step up when it comes to setting direction about your family's finances. How will your money honor God, not how will it honor you? It's accepting your wife's wisdom and input and trusting God to help you to
0: make the best decisions for his kingdom. Vows to Keep is supported by a team which includes biblical coaches, writers, and pastoral advisors. If you have a desire to serve marriages in your community, we would love to hear from you. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. As a not for profit organization, our commitment to Christ like marriages includes providing much needed services regardless of a couple's financial ability to offset the cost of Vows to Keep operations. If you are unable to donate your time or abilities but would like to help support Vows to Keep financially, visit vowstokeep.com and click on the donate link. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.